0: The following is the English translation of Pastor Moen Wu's teaching on the book of Genesis, chapter 15 and 16, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. So today we are going to read Genesis, chapter 15 and 16. So in verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I'm your shield. Your reward shall be very great. So here, what are the things that it's talking about? It means when Abram he refused the request, the visits from the king of Sodom, and also I don't want his money. This event maybe Abram is a little bit afraid about the king of Sodom's retaliation on him. So that's why God. Uh, gave Abram a vision at night to tell him that fear not. So their families, you really should appreciate that our God, He's really detail oriented. He really cares about every single feeling that we have. So therefore, God told Abraham, fear not. I am your shield. So today, this is can also be your prayer. God, may you be my shield. Guard me, protect me to have peace. And this is also God is reiterating his promise to Abraham that whoever bless him, God will bless him. Whoever curse him, God will curse him. So... You can also use this to pray for your family, pray for yourself, and pray for your descendants. So God, may you help us to always live under your shield. In verse two and three, so but Abram said, "O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus." And Abram said, "Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir." So here Abram's answer. You can see that he's saying that, oh, I don't really have air. So no matter how much blessing that you give me, it's probably useless because I'm also kind of old. So I can't enjoy those blessings that much. So the one who can really receive the inheritance are the ones who, was born in my household Eliezer of Damascus." Note that here, the member, it is using in singular form. So it is specifically uh, referring to Eliezer. So from here, you can see that God is continue to unfold to Abraham the concept of offspring. You have to remember one thing. So whatever God says, we need to understand those things through continue seeking after his will. So you don't think that, oh, maybe I have heard his words. Maybe God has given me a vision or promise. Then you thought that, okay, that's it. But actually, Abraham, even though he received his promise, he continued to keep seeking after God's will and continue to have this fellowship with God. So God is able to continue to unfold this concept, this promise to him. So here, this is another a revelation of offspring to Abraham. So Eliezer is not going to be your offspring, but your very own son shall be your heir. And so he brought him outside and said, look towards the heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. So now Abraham continued to understand that, okay, God, even though I don't really understand what you say, I felt that it seems very difficult. I don't see any signs of, of the promise. But in verse 6, it says, but he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. So this is actually the most highly cited verses in the New Testament, which is Abraham believed the Lord, so God counted him as righteousness. So here it means counting him as righteousness also means that it's not just counting him not as a sinner anymore, but also making him as part of God's righteousness. So... We, their families, we have to pray that God today, may you also give me the same faith. Sometimes maybe your promise or your guidance, the path, the decisions that you asked me to do, I don't really understand. Or maybe even your promise, I can't even see a sign of that. But God, I choose to believe. I choose to believe it fully. And whether or not it will be fulfilled, maybe I cannot enjoy it. But my descendants, my offspring, they will enjoy it. My kids, my children will enjoy it. So because of that, I will fully believe the promise. So their families, please pray for yourself. Pray for your offspring. Pray for the next generation of God's kingdom and our church. So that God's offspring, God's son can really be manifested. And that we will be part of this great promise then God will call us as part of his righteousness, and we are united with God in his righteousness. We will belong to him. This is one prayer that we can make to God today. So then Abram asked God, So may you tell me, how would I know that I shall possess it? May you tell me. So God says, I am the Lord who brought you out from earth of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. So I'm going to do this one thing with you. That is, God is going to make a covenant with Abraham so this is the second covenant after God's covenant um, with Noah. This is the second covenant uh, with Abram. So here God asked Abram to do one thing in verse 9. You can see he asked him to bring him a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three year old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So why does God ask him to bring those things? This is actually... God request. However, later on in the law of Moses it also have this as a rule as a law for making a covenant. And in this process of making a covenant, there are two very special things that happens. So in the process of making a covenant, of course, the animals have to be divided into half and lay one side and the other side. To lay it down, this is the custom of making a covenant. And when you are making the covenant, but both party of the covenant has to walk through, walk between the divided animal. And that signifies, indicates that if one of the party disregard the covenant, break the covenant, then they will be like the carcass of this animal that they will also be divided into two. They have to die. They have to be divided, be split into half. And the other party of this covenant have this right to bring this judgment to the party who breaks the covenant. So you will know that making a covenant is actually something very serious. It's no joke. And God wants to make this covenant with human. So I... God promised Abram that I will give you this huge inheritance to you, this promise of that your offspring will be more than the stars of the heaven and more than the sands by the sea. So I want to make this covenant with you. So Abram prepared all these animals, but at that time in verse 11 and 12, you can see that birds of prey came down on the carcasses and Abram drove them away. And as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. So, in the process of making covenant, Abram was actually falling asleep. So, only God passed between the divided carcasses of the animal. That means this covenant is initiated by God and God, he himself is going to keep this covenant and he will fulfill this covenant by himself. So therefore, Abram only his only job is to prepare the carcasses. So what does it mean to have the birds of prey came down? What does it mean to have the dreadful and great darknesses? That means in this process of making the covenant, we know that we are going to experience the interference from the power of darkness. So this is the attack from the spiritual darkness. So Abram has to protect this covenant Because there will be dreadful and great darkness came down and there will be birds of prey coming down, so we have to drove them away. Therefore, from this, we will know that we have to continue to pray and fight for the promises and the covenant, the gift that God gave to us. We have to protect them. We have to fight warfare for that. Many Christians doesn't really pay much attention to it. They thought that they are now uh, baptized. They uh, have the gift, so they can now just wait to enter the heaven, but that's not true. You have to fight, you have to protect, you have to pray for your promises. God has granted us all the gifts from the heaven. So you have to protect those gifts. You have to be the good stewards of God's variety grace. And so you have to guard for the promises and the calling that God has for you. Maybe you are a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, someone who lead, a pastor, or someone who is doing acts of mercy, or all kinds of gifts. We have many different kinds of gifts. Don't think that that your gifts can only be used for the serving at church, or and think that, oh, maybe I don't know how to play instruments, I don't know how to do this and how to do that. So you think that you can just be a normal believer at church, but that's not the case. You have to fight. You have to fight for the glorious covenant that God had made with you. So Abraham's promises, Abraham's covenant is something that belongs to every single son of God. So you have to keep praying that. God, may you fulfill this covenant. May you fulfill this covenant on me. So in verse 13 and 14, God continued to unfold, to reveal. In order for this covenant to be fully fulfilled, it has to went through a process of purification, purifying. So in verse 13 and 14, know for certain that your offspring will be surgeoners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. Actually, you will see that it actually takes 430 years, but I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, which is basically Egypt. And afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. So God allows the offspring of Abram they can able to keep growing in Egypt, which is a very abundant land. They can keep multiplying. However, they will one day, they will come out from that land with great possessions. This promise does not just apply to Exodus, but also will happen again in the end time. So... God's sons and daughters, God's people have to come out from the world, come out from the yoke of the Babylonian, have to come out from all the seduction from e- Egypt, have to come out from the yoke of the temptation and the, and oppression from Antichrist. So we have to believe that this thing will be fulfilled. And also God is doing one thing, which is in this process, there will be 10 plagues, there will be signs and wonders, and the same thing will happen in the end time. So when you see the seven cells, seven trumpets, and seven bowls, there are also many signs and wonders. And in this process, we will also experience in these signs and pr- wonders, we will be able to continue to leave from the yoke and the bondage from the great Babylonian. So also in this process, God is also waiting. The land of Canaan is the places where God granted to Abraham. However, right now in the land of Canaan, the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet complete. So God still gives these people in the land of Canaan opportunities to repent. However, in this 430 years, the people in the Canaanites, they worship idols and also the process of their idol worship is full of many adulterous uh, acts. And the kids that was born from these uh from these adulterous acts, they also are very cruelly offering them up by like burning them alive. So in the land of Canaan, there are many sins of bloodshed. There are many, many cries from the souls of the infants. So therefore, God is waiting for the iniquity of the land to be complete only after that god will grant this land to israelites so this is again it's a very special part in the bible so that's why nowadays in when we are looking at the israel hamas war nowadays the there why there are so many battles in that area everyone thought that that land belongs to them someone see it from the perspective of history from the perspective of politics from the ruling of the united Nations. but we as god, God's children, we have to see it from a biblical point of view that this land is the promised land for Israel from God because the Canaanites, their iniquities come to the fullness. So they, are dis- they disqualify themselves from living in this land. So that's why God granted this land to Israelites. But God also gave Israelites a prerequisite. If they also perform idol worship and they lose their purity, then they will also disqualify themselves from living in this land. And they will eventually be a horror to all nations and be tossed here and there. However, now Israel is being restored to that land. Even after the the, the nations is restored, they still need to live a holy life so that they can qualify them themselves as the master of this land, then this land belongs to them and they can continue the the offering in this land. So their families, even though God gave this land to Israel, God also is asking Israelites to to be, to live a holy life so that they can qualify themselves to live, continue to live there. So this is another point that we have to continue to pray about. So now let's see in verse 15. It says, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age. So indeed, Abraham, he lived for 175 years old and then until and then they shall come back here in the fourth generation. Indeed, from Jacob, they come down to Egypt, to Joseph, and then until the fourth generation. Indeed, in Exodus chapter 6, verse 16 to 20, you can see God's promise is completely fulfilled. 100% all the prophecies is fulfilled. In the first generation, indeed, they leave from the land of Canaan to Egypt. And after another four generations, they came out from Egypt and became the hosts of the Lord. So in verse 17, it says, When the sun has gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passes between these pieces. This is a very special a recording in Genesis that you can see in the book This actually corresponds to the things in the book of Exodus, which is the column of cloud and the column of fire. The smokes, the cloud, the fire, all those things actually represent God's guidance, God's manifestation, and God's glory. So in verse 10, it says, 18 it says on that day the lord made a covenant with abram saying to your offspring i gave give this land from the river of egypt to the great river the river of euphrates here it says to your offspring i give it says god has already given them but the time when israel are able to mature enough to inherit this land it has to be until the time of king solomon and the key Doing this gap is on King David. So when someone, he is constantly praying, worshiping God, seeking after God, if someone can do that, then God's promise can be continued to be unfold and fulfilled. So today, maybe we receive a promises or a prophecy from a prophet, or maybe we receive a vision or dreams. We have to continue to keep, take hold of it and keep praying about it and to discern it according to Bible and then to keep seeing after God's will, to know that it's truly guidance from the Lord, then you have to really use all your efforts to keep crying out to Him and keep praying and to keep living in front of God. Then in this case, this promise will be able to fulfill in your life. And the promise can continue to be unfold. So here in Genesis chapter 16, it says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, so because Abram is barren, so Abram tried to fulfill God's promise using his own hand. So to so a, so Sarai gave uh Hagar, this Egyptian servant, to Abram as a concubine. As a concubine. So remember that a maid servant is different from a concubine. A servant is just a servant. It's actually low. His position is lower than, than Sarai. So Sarai can treat her, uh, at her will. However, if she became a concubine, then she became of the same po- position as Sarai. So let's read verse one to three. In verse three, it says, So after Abram had Lived ten years in the land of Canaan. Sarah, Abram' wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. So here, ten years ago, God promised Abram that Abram is able to have the descendants more than the stars in the heaven and more than the sands by the sea. But this promise. It, They have been praying for 10 years, It haven't been fulfilled, and Sarai has still been barren in this period. So therefore, people, men will start to use their own way to fulfill God's promise. So you have to be careful whenever we disobey God's schedule, then we will start to try to use our own schedule and to try to speed up God's process, try to speed up God's hand and His work. So nowadays, actually in the Christian community, this is a very dangerous trend, is that people, men can no longer wait for God's timing. We can't wait for God's timing. We want to use our own time and our own schedule. So At the end of each year, the churches will do yearly planning to plan for this year, next year, next, next year, five year planning, all kinds of planning. And church will just do according to the strategies that they put by themselves because men are not able to wait for God's timing. Even though we have the promises, we have the abundance from the Lord, we have God's glory, but we want all of them to be fulfilled instantly. So we start to have this fast food culture. God, may you bless me, but it has to be instantaneous. God, may you solve my problem, but it has to be instant. God, may you help me to be able to be someone who can serve you, but I wanted to do it now. But you never think that God in his process of guiding Abram, it's actually step-by-step. Step. And also for Abram, there are also step-by-step step challenges and lessons that Abram and Sarah, they both have to learn it before they can become the father and mother of the multitude of nations. So this same rule that Sarah, she if she wants to become Sarah, she wants to be a mother of a multitude of nations, there are also step-by-step step challenges and lessons for her. So here Again, here abram um so Abram went into Hagar and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress, so now you can see Hagar she's no longer a slave, no longer a maidservant only because I'm pregnant, so now I'm better off than my mistress she's now the same position as me, so she has contempt towards her. So you can see here, God is actually using Hagar to have disciplines on Sarai. So maybe we have our own weakness. We have our own uh, self-righteousness. We have our own uh, craftiness. God actually can see all those things. So God has to prune all those uh, men made wisdom, so maybe we will do some mistakes, but God can use these mistakes to prune us and to bring blessing on us. So please don't be afraid that you might sometimes make mistakes in front of God, because as long as your heart continue to align with God, then God can turn all the bad things into good things, turn all the curses into blessings, turn all our weaknesses and difficulties, troubles into The ways that God can help our faith to grow up. The nutrients, the foundation that will allow our faith to keep growing. So God using Hagar to discipline Sarai to allow Herod to learn one lesson, which is the one who saws to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. If you want to use your own hands to fulfill God's words, if you want to speed up the process, if you can't wait for God's timing, then you will create many spiritual troubles. Of course, at this time, Abram is also not very mature. So he did one thing in verse 6. You see that Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Remember now, Hagar is no longer just a maid servant anymore. She's actually a concubine. However, Abram, because of Sarai's upsetness and her frustration, uh he now treated Hagar as a servant again. So here, this is actually a mistreatment from Abram to Hagar. So Abram, he's trying to correct a mistake by another mistake. So because of that, Hagar flee away from Sarai. So in verse seven, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to shore. So here actually is very far from the place. From Hebron to Shur, there is at least 150 kilometer in the distance. So you can see Hagar, she would probably, she probably rain at least for like three, four days. And also remember that she is pregnant at that moment. So this is actually very difficult for her. So therefore, God's angel has mercy on her. So in verse eight, he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai. So note that here, God really cares about the order set by God. The godly order will never change. She So the angel of the Lord didn't call her the concubine of Abraham, Hagar. But instead, uh, the angel called her Hagar, servant of Sarai. So where have you come from and where are you going? So God angel god's angel again is asking this servant to learn how to submit to her due position as a servant so today nowadays many christians the reason why we can't we can't obtain god's promises is because whenever we are being mistreated a little bit or maybe we are being oppressed by someone that we want to leave immediately however god really cares about this godly order All your mistreatment, all the pain that you experience, God all knows that. So that's why God's angel called her Hagar. Servants of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? So here, God is not asking something obvious, but instead, God wants you to know that He knows every single experience that you went through. He knows every single feeling that you have. So when Hagar responds to the angel, then the angel told her that you should return to your mistress and submit to her. So if you want to have breakthrough, if you want to have transformation, if you want, then you have to submit to your current authority. Many people thought that, okay, now I want to have this breakthrough. I want to change. I want to leave the oppression. So I choose to rebel. I choose to rebel. But instead, in this case, you will actually trap yourself even deeper in the conundrum that you are at right now. So we might try to wander outside of the cover from the authority however this will actually let this will only let us lose the promise from the Lord so also so in verse 9 the angel of the Lord said to her return to your mistress and submit to her as long as you submit as long as you obey as you submit to the authority then yes maybe you thought that Okay, you thought that you are now concubine, that now you are back to servants. If you are willing to submit to this process, God will still have promises to you. You will not lose out in this process because in verse 10 to verse 12, you see that I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. Remember this promise actually belongs to Abraham. So God also through Abram gave the same promise to Hagar, so now you will be pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael. Ishmael means God's here, God's here, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So you see, Ishmael, the name means God listen, God hears, and he might be the forefather of God the all the Arabs nowadays. And remember God also frequently used Arabs to uh, discipline Israelites. God, through changing the circumstances to disciplines Israelites, so that they can submit to God's authority. So God's one is Ishmael and Hagar to submit to the authority, because only when you submit to authority, then you yourself will have the authority. So when Israel does not submit to God's authority, then God will rise up is- Ishmael, God will rise up Arab. Israel is submit to God's authority, then he will make all the nations peace and let all of them has their due position. So this is God's principle. So don't despise, don't attack, don't feel unhappy about your authority, even if your authority is not the best, even if they mistreated you just like Sarah mistreated Hagar. But As long as you return and you submit to the authority, then God will listen. God will see all your affliction and God will also get restore the promises that is due for you. You will not lose out if you submit to God's uh authority, then you will receive the blessing. And here it says he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. And this is exactly the situation in the Middle East. This is actually a prediction, a prophecy that God has in Genesis chapter 16. So don't think that, oh, how come there are so many warfare in Middle East? How come there are so many battle there? This is actually a prophecy that is put in Genesis chapter 16. And the reason why is because God wants people to know how to submit to God's authority. So here she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looked after me. Therefore, the well was called Pirah It lies between Kaddish and Barad. So indeed, Haggai bore a son, and it was named as Ishmael. So when Hagar bore Ishmael, Abram was 86 years old. At this moment, Ishmael was born. It's through Sarai. She is trying to use her own hands to fulfill God's work, even though it's from flesh and cause a lot of trouble in the future. But actually here you can see God's will, that as long as you are willing to submit to God's authority, God will make all the authority and power to have a good balance. God will bring us peace. But as long as Israel, they start to rebel against the authority of God, then all the surrounding nation will come against them to prune, to rule, and to even try to destroy Israel. And so this is what God's God's teaching. So here in Genesis chapter 15 and 16, they are telling us that as long as we, are, we have to submit to God's authority, keep praying your blessing, God's promise, and Calling will continue to be unfold to you and God will definitely see you. He will listen to you. Do not try to use your own hands. Don't be impatient with God's schedule. Don't try to fulfill God's promise by your hand. Don't try to speed the process up. Actually, maybe our life is not mature enough to receive the authority. If you are not mature enough then if when you receive this authority, it will actually become a disaster. So I want to bless all our families to keep. let us keep, live, abide in God's grace together. Amen.